I guess one of the things you could look at, it's like you're starting any business and you talked about and you're wearing the hat, the unnoticed entrepreneur. And it's a thing that we all, that entrepreneurs have, right? Like we talk about getting into the niche. We talk about networking and meeting people and social media and media. And one thing that comes to mind with a lot of this stuff, and there's a big topic right now, obviously, and this is worldwide and you see it in the UK, they do in the Premier League is mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think entrepreneurs are going through this roller coaster oh, yeah. of emotions, roller coasters of success and lack of success. No one knows what you're doing. Why are you doing this? Like people are questioning, should you go get a job at a large corporate <laughs> company? Yeah, yeah. It's difficult. And then you start talking about, well, I need to get noticed. And then you talk about social media and social media and mental health have absolutely intersected and it's a major problem. And you talk about vanity metrics. So a lot of what I've heard on your podcast is how can you get featured in this article? How can you get more backlinks for SEO? How could you get more notice on LinkedIn? And they're all very important. And I've just wondered if you've thought about that constant reach to get more and more and to get found and to get her to be not to be unnoticed what that could possibly do to someone with that could lead to mental health issues because we see it in children but a lot of times we all talk about what the children are doing but i see it in adults too it's just different yeah completely you know so how do you think about that and maybe that word vanity metrics when it comes to becoming noticed it's a great great topic eric i don't know if you saw but i posted on linkedin the other day on friday actually about the dilemma for the entrepreneur of my own journey and that, you know, you get to my age at 56 and you think, you know, I've been around the world. I've lived in Asia for the last 25 years. I've built, you know, businesses on three continents. You come back to where you started and you're kind of not a long way ahead. But of course, we're older and wiser and I've got an amazing family. So, but you sort of think, wow, I kind of thought I'd have more, right? And it's amazing the response. I've got like 4,000 impressions, Eric. You know, normally I get you know, 500 or something, right? But this has gone kind of viral and as much as any of my posts have. And I think that, and a few people have rung and sent notes saying, you know, yes. And that the challenge that we create for ourselves as entrepreneurs is really, I think, one of expectation. And it really is the ego that drives us to ask more of ourselves all the time. So I think social media and so on, they're not the cause of the problem. The cause of the problem, as far as I'm looking at it, and of course, you know, we all have different perspectives, but my sort of reflection is that it's our own ego that is the source of the problem. And what social media does is gives us a really kind of vicious echo chamber for whatever attitudes that we want to reinforce in ourselves. So if we're narcissistic, if we're self sort of self-aggrandizing, or if we're, you know, into self-flagellation, you know, as in like criticism of oneself all the time, social media enables you to put out stuff and let people to come back at you like this huge amplification chamber. So one of the things that I think that I've been working on as an entrepreneur is looking at the absolute and the relative importance of what I do. And the absolute importance of what I do to me or the relative importance to others. And what I mean by that is that absolutely, I only need so many things, Eric. And what we do is we create this expectation of I should have, I want, and so on. But they're not necessarily what I need. They're not necessarily what I deserve. They're not necessarily going to make me happy if I get them. 
So that's the first thing is I think it's about becoming aware of the difference between what we what we need and what we want. And it's the ego that drives the want. And that's where the source for me anyway of much of the anxiety comes from because there's this disparity between what we need and what we want. And I got news for anybody listening, you never catch up. In my experience, you never what you want and what you need, they are never the same. Any entrepreneur that I know says, I got to be a millionaire and it wasn't enough. I got the girl, she wasn't enough. I, and it's kind of in the DNA of being an entrepreneur because you're you're never satisfied. That's part of the dynamo that keeps us going, Eric, isn't it? Yeah. And that's part of part of the I got to do more, there's more to be done. And so I've never managed to narrow that gap particularly. But what I have done is I've got older is to realize that there is a gap and that I needed to be, I need to be nicer to myself when the gap exists and let go of that. So that's the absolute part. And then the relative part, which is where social media becomes vicious, is me compared to other people, me relative to how other people that I compare myself to are doing. And that's the really vicious part because we often don't compare ourselves to the right people. You know, we compare ourselves to other people who have different journeys, different resources, different experiences, different connections, but we don't take those into account. We compare the results that other people have got, but we don't compare the resources. And what we really want to be doing, I think, or what I work on is comparing myself to who I was before. Right, because actually, what really matters is that I'm becoming better, that I'm becoming as honest as I can, that I'm looking after my family and the people that I care for. So, relative changing the perspective from being, I need to judge myself against others, to I need to judge myself against my previous self, and that removes a lot of the pressure because actually, you can control what you do. But you can't control what anybody else does. Yeah. So, on the grounds that stress comes from what you can't control, if we narrow this gap between what we expect of ourselves and what we get for ourselves, and then we compare ourselves to who we were before, to who we are today rather than to others. For me, as an entrepreneur, I'm trying to use these, if you like, techniques, Eric, you know, along with this meditation and so on. But those are, zones you can get into to explore these concepts but unless you get to the mind games right you can really do yourself an injury and people do they get burnt out no matter how much meditation or other stuff they do because the reflection isn't for me the key point it's the understanding the framework mm. of what i need to reflect within we've all got our different ways of looking at eric but that's that's kind of really what i've been looking at as i've been yeah sort of growing, changing, succeeding, sometimes failing in other ways. Sure. Well, there's an obvious awareness piece when you're talking that you've discovered and I think is crucially important to have that, to understand, to say, if I'm scrolling through social media, pick at Twitter, Instagram, whatever, that you start finding yourself going there and thinking about, well, I haven't taken that vacation. And you hear about people talking about that. And, or simple post on LinkedIn, like you said before, and you make that post, no one likes it. No one engages with it. What does that mean? 
Is no one seeing it? Why is the algorithm not supporting it? And then on the flip side of it, you hear about engagement pods, LinkedIn pods, Twitter engagement pods. You know, and I've known people who have done them and they've all regretted, not regretted them is the word, but no, I don't do that anymore because it's not real. It's not sustainable. And they're feeding the ego, which is what you said before, which I completely agree with, that it's fed that, which, well, you know, like that helped in the moment, but it didn't help in the long term. And that's like going to a bar, smoking a cigarette, having a pint, right? The whole thing. And I'm not saying don't do like go to the bar, have a drink, right? That's great. But understanding like the limits and what that means and what's the outcome of that long term, if it's too much, if it becomes substance abuse, right? Anyway, going down that path, it's that awareness piece and feeding that ego that I hear you talking a lot about, which is super important when you're talking about getting noticed. And I think, Eric, if I can just take that to the please the other aspect about the physical dimension, about the well-being. Now, you mentioned going to the bar and having a smoke. When I moved to Singapore in 95 at 27, and on a Friday night, we'd all go to the bar and we'd have, buy a, you know, a pack of, of Marlboro Lights and we'd have a few pints of beer or whatever. And of course, at the time, we, we thought we were all socializing and happy and then of course saturday morning you feel rough and right. then you try and work and i live really most of my life on the edge i think of alcoholism of drinking too much smoking too much and then cleaning out and just kind of not being kind to my own self because actually what can happen is that the anxiety that we've got inside can lead us to be detached from our physical well-being. We almost almost beat ourselves up. Because when you look at the injuries that alcohol, cigarettes do to the individual, to your well-being, you think, my God, I'm poisoning myself. So a few years ago, Eric, what I decided to do as I was in the middle of a, a very large legal case, having moved back to the UK, I went to, to the fridge to pick up a bottle of Chardonnay. And I thought, you know what? I don't think I can remember doing one thing that was smart or healthy or kind when I've had a drink. I think I've had fun. I think I've been funny. I think I've been attractive. But I don't think I've done anything really value-enhancing for me or my life. And I put the bottle back, actually. And, and I decided not to drink anymore, Eric. Mm. So now it's been nearly four years. And I got to tell you, the first two weeks was shit. I got to tell you. I mean, you do in England start drinking at a very early age. So we started drinking when we played rugby at the age of 10, wow. right? You'd yeah. play rugby and you'd have half a pint of lager or a shandy, right? It's insane how early we start. So I didn't know any part of my life without alcohol. And in England, it's in the supermarkets, in the TV, right? And I really went through detox like cold turkey and i have to say it's not a pleasant experience but what i realized was that i needed to substitute alcohol for something eric so i don't know if you remember cheers the old movie with ted danson of course yeah yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. right brilliant and i don't know why i remember this particular scene but i think for any listeners who are younger i mean they'll know who ted danson is he was a drunk right he's an alcoholic on the show so he couldn't drink. And they said, what do you do instead? And he said, well, I just make sure I have a drink when I want an alcoholic drink. 
And so one of the small changes I made that made a big difference was I started to drink at six o'clock herb tea. So I realized I need a drink, but I have to substitute it for something. So we talk about mental health. I don't think we can talk about mental health without talking about physical health, Eric. And that's why I raise it because we all make our own decisions around health. And so it's not meant to be in any way a judgment against anyone drinking or smoking. That's not my place. Sure. But I'm, for me, myself, I really realize that if I don't do the right things for my body, you know, and I'm putting chemicals into my body, I can't control my mind. Yeah. Because they are inextricably linked. And for anyone listening that's thinking about it, it's the old source of you know, exercise, sleep, hydration that help you to have clarity and to have better sleep. And with better sleep comes less anxiety. And then with that less anxiety and less sort of fatigue, you could do more exercise, Eric. Yeah. So I ran a Singapore marathon when I was 40. I ran a, a three-hour 57 marathon in the tropics, right? But I then drank in the evening afterwards. I did this completely mad, you know, as so many of us entrepreneurs do, you know, extremes. And as I've got older and realized that mental health is also physical health, and it, we have to be holistic in our approach. And so that's one of the things that really now I really work on is making sure that I give my body the nutrition and the rest yeah. and the exercise that helps me to not feel anxious and then go to social media. So you can see they're all tied in really, Eric. Content Matters with a Z is our content marketing company that helps entrepreneurs tell their own stories to those who care. And here's the thing. We think every entrepreneur that is willing should have their own content platform. And we want to help make that happen, both by working directly with entrepreneurs and by sharing our own stories, exploring the craft of content marketing. Content Matters, one piece of content at a time. Learn more at kazcontent.com. 